Second Samuel chapter 24, the last chapter of our book, the end of this coda, the sin of the king, and it begins with a strange verse. By Yosef af Hashem racharot Yisrael, God's anger again flared up or continued to rage against Israel. And God incited David against them, saying, Go and number Israel and Judah. Rashi's comment, God's anger raged against Israel, commented Rashi, the great medieval commentator, says Rashi, I don't know why God continues to be angry. Why is God angry about we know in chapter 21 God was angry, but we're told why. It's because Saul had violated an oath. So that's a sin. Desecration of God's name. But why has God continued to be angry? Didn't we resolve that problem in chapter 21? And Uriah the Hittite, David confessed David was punished. Some people think it's about Uriah the Hittite. No. Uriah the Hittite story is mentioned at the end of the previous chapter, but it can't be about Uriah the Hittite. In point of fact, what the book of Shmuel does in the last chapter, it goes back to the core question of the book. There is a core question in the book, and the last chapter goes back to the core question, which is kingship. What about the fact that the people requested a king, and in fact, not just did they request a king, For the prophet Samuel, the very request was a sin. But the fact of the matter is, the people requested a king, and they went to Samuel and they said, give us a king like all the nations. Like all the nations. The Torah had said, if you want a king, you can have a king, but not like the nations. One that God chooses. One that is amongst your brethren, which the book of Samuel understands to mean who understands the responsibility to the brethren who sees himself as a servant of the people. A servant of God, chosen by God. God is the boss. And your job is to care for the people, to administer to the people, in this case the people of Israel, as God said explicitly in chapter 7 of 2 Samuel. I chose you from the sheepfold so that no one will persecute my people. That's what God said to David in chapter 7. And now we revisit the question. God's anger is directed, interesting, not at David. God's anger is directed at Israel. Because after all, they're the ones who said, give us a king like all the nations. David, though, may not be exempt either. We know that David, having been anointed, very much wants to be king. David has done many things during his reign, which the book of Shmuel presents as highly problematic. So we have here God's anger primarily directed against Israel, but God incites David against them, saying, go and count Israel and Judah. I don't believe when the text says God incited David against them that the text intends to take David off the hook. Certainly David doesn't see it that way. David will say, after David does count the people, David will say, I have sinned grievously unto God. After David takes the census, and it's interesting that the census that David takes, he instructs his commander-in-chief, Yoav, to take the census, and Yoav, in verse number 3, says to the king, 
V'yosef Hashem Elohecha Elo'am Kahem V'chahem. God should increase the people a hundredfold. Interesting is the word V'yosef, because the chapter began with the expression V'yosef Af Hashem L'acharot B'Yisrael. And Yoav says, trying to convince the king not to take the census, what do you want to count them for? God should increase the people a hundredfold, and you should see it. But my lord, the king, why do this? But the king insists. Yoav's uh, reluctance to carry out the king's command can be understood in two ways. One is, in a practical way, why does David want to count the people? There's no reason to count the people. People are often counted before you go to war. There's no war. So here, perhaps, it has to do with the fact that in the previous stories, and yes, it's connected to the previous stories, the two previous stories in the narrative were the battle against Avshalom, the rebellion of Avshalom, chapter 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, chapter 20, Sheva ben Bichri, ten tribes leave David's fold. And now David wants to count the people. What he's saying is, at the end of the day, these are my people. And Yoav says, don't press it. Don't be so sure that people love you so much. That's one way to read it. And the other way to read Yoav is, don't do this thing. There's no reason to do it. Now, whether Yoav has a religious objection or not is a good question, but God has a religious objection. Because in point of fact, this touches on the core issue of the book. At the end of the day, they're not David's people. At the end of the day, of course, they're God's people. And after Yoav comes back with the census, in verse number 10, Vayach lev David But afterwards, David reproached himself. David was very bothered by this. After the census was taken. Hashem chatati. And David said to God, I have sinned. Chatati ma'od. I have sinned grievously, Asher Rositi. V'yato Hashem haverno et avon God, please, please remit the guilt of your servant. Ki niskalti ma'od, I have been very foolish. The key word here is the word ma'od, very. In the David Batsheva story, after the prophet Nathan confronted David, David had two words, chatati Hashem, I have sinned unto God. Here, and to David's credit, he doesn't wait for the prophet to come. He understands himself after the census has been taken that he has sinned, but notice he doesn't say chatati. He says chatati ma'od. And he adds, niskalti ma'od, I have been very foolish. Sin is misdoing. Hate could be missing the mark, but it's also niskalti ma'od. I've acted in a foolish way, in a foolish fashion. It's avon. It's sinful. It's wrong. David comes to an understanding. We can ask the question, it sounds like the taking the census is more grievous a sin than the story of Bathsheba. The story of Bathsheba is adultery and about murder. And not only is it about murder, but in order to cover up the crime of killing Uriah the Hittite, it sounds like Yoav felt it necessary in order to cover it up that others have to die as well. We understand those are big crimes. But taking the census, what kind of crime is that? Okay, maybe it's not right. Why is this so grievous? 
and the crime of David and Bathsheba is less grievous. But the truth of the matter is, it's not what objectively speaking is worse. Of course, objectively speaking, murder, adultery, those are two of the big crimes. But in terms of the book, the issue of the book, namely, the king's relationship to God. So the king, in the Bathsheba story, what the king has done, basically, in the story of Bathsheba, the king has overstepped the bounds. The king has taken what he should not take. Bathsheba's off limits, but kings see and they take. Samuel had warned about that in chapter 8 of the first book. Don't, don't, don't take for yourself a king, says Samuel. And the key word, he warns them, Keyword is yikach, because the king will take, will take your sons, will take your daughters, will take your fields. The king will take. And we know that often in the Bible, kings take. Kings don't set limits for themselves. In fact, the very text of the Mishpat Melech in the book of Deuteronomy, one of the key elements is excess. The king is forbidden to be excessive in money, in wives, horses. That's one kind of a crime. But counting is a different problem. Counting is not just excess. Counting is not just taking what you shouldn't take. Counting is actually supplanting God. It's not what Samuel said in chapter 8 of 1 Samuel. It's what Samuel said in chapter 12 of 1 Samuel. When he said, let's renew the kingship. You have come to me, you have requested a king, leaving out the other things that Samuel says, which which are problematic, actually. But Samuel says, you want a king. But God is a king. You have a king. Your human king threatens to displace God. And as such, it's not just a matter of overstepping the bounds. From Samuel's perspective, it's heresy. It's idolatry. So from that perspective, we understand chatati ma'od. Because in the Torah, how do you count the people? You count the people in the Torah, in the book of Exodus, by collecting the half shekel to build the sanctuary, to build the Mishkan. The people are counted through God's temple. Because in the book of Exodus, what constitutes a people is what Moses said to Pharaoh, we want to serve God together. Take some of the people, says Pharaoh, not all the people, even at possessions. We serve God as a community. All of us, the old, the young, the men, the women, that's what makes us a nation, that we serve God together. When we count the people, or a representative sample of the people, we count through the donations to the sanctuary, to the Mishkan, which stands at the center of our camp. From Samuel's perspective, any human person around whom the community is organized is a kind of heresy. I don't believe that's the attitude of the Book of Shmuel. I don't believe the Book of Shmuel actually opposes kingship. But the Book of Shmuel, of course, is very aware of the dangers of kingship. And over here we have a king who counts the people for no good reason. There's no reason to count them except to make a statement of sorts, these are my people. But that statement, these are my people, is precisely what Samuel had warned against. It's precisely the issue of the king could, in theory, and often did in history, see himself as God, or as supplanting God. 
And David comes to understand this himself. And David says, without any prompt, I have sinned grievously. Oh God, remove my sin. I have been very foolish. And just to conclude, there's so much to say about this chapter, but just to conclude, God sends a prophet to David. And the prophet says to David, thus says God, Shalosh anochi no echa. I'll give you three choices, David. Punish, three choices of a punishment. The first choice is, do you want to have a famine? And the second choice is, what about war? Running away from your enemy. doesn't mean just you, it means a war. And the third choice is, a plague. Tell me, what should I say to the one who sent me? And without getting to all the details, what David says is, I'm not going to choose. He eliminates choice number two. For he says, I don't want to be in human hands. I don't want to be pursued by a human being. I'm in the hands of God. Which means either famine or plague. Now God chooses plague. The Torah actually says, count the people in the book of Exodus, and there shouldn't be a plague. But David doesn't make the choice. David makes a different statement. I'm in God's hands. And that's the beginning, actually, not the end, but the beginning of David's deep, deep understanding and deep, deep confession and deep, deep repentance is what allows, in the book of Samuel, for David's kingship to exist and flourish. It's what allows God to choose David as king and to validate and choose not just David as king, but the kingship of David.